0: Hello, and welcome to the Embodying Change podcast. My name is Melissa Pitotti, and this podcast is part of the CHS Alliance initiative to cultivate care and compassion in aid organizations. Today, you'll hear me talk with Shauna Wakefield, Kristen Zimmerman, and Rufaro Guarada of Root, Rise, Pollinate. They want to catalyze and nurture a transnational community of feminist leaders who can help lead the way towards collective thriving and transformation in their communities. Over the last two years, Root, Rise, Pollinate has held a series of multi-session gatherings called Pollinator Labs. They've supported organizations to strengthen culture through facilitation and coaching. They published blogs, writings, and public conversations to amplify and embody a new vision and worldview. I wanted to talk to them to inform the CHS Alliance as we begin our own culture lab to cultivate cultures where people can thrive in their work. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast root rise and pollinate. We've got Shauna Wakefield, Kristen Zimmerman, and Rufaro Guarada. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Welcome. Um, Before we get started, I wonder if one of you would like to open us with a little bit of breathing.
1: Um, Yeah, so just want to invite folks listening, we're just going to do a handful of breaths together. Um, Just a part of this is um, breath is, you know, one of our most um, available and, you know, kind of core um, gifts we have and assets to to reset and ground in any moment. So um, in that spirit, just want to invite folks to take a minute um, to notice where you're sitting or standing, um, connect to the earth, um, connect to all the space around you, feel the spaciousness, regardless of your context that you're in. Um, and then we're just gonna take, um, you can keep your hands on your kind of by your sides or connected to your to your legs, um, on your thighs. Um, I'm going to interlace my fingers and my core just because it helps me move the breath. Um, And we'll start with an inhale, Um, breathing deeply in, I'm stretching my arms out, and then exhaling slowly, long and slow. And then coming back to your center, inhaling letting the breath just come in naturally and then long, slow exhale. And then one more full inhale, letting it come in with ease. And big exhale, sending it out to the space around you, to yourself and back down into the earth. And we'll do one last one. Inhaling, and exhaling. And then just take a second to notice what, it, what might be different right now after you've taken those few breaths, appreciating the moment that you took for yourself and took with us. Thank you for, for doing that with us.
0: Thank you, Kristen. Now I think I'm more relaxed, so thank you. It's a great way to start our conversation today. I wonder if we could start at the beginning, if if we could hear the story of root rise pollinate, um, where it came from, uh, what what was the inspiration behind it? Sure, uh, we'll we'll
2: weave it together. and I think by maybe by way of introduction, you know, to to ourselves and you know each other, we um. You know, we all kind of found each other. I would say we found each other through um, a commitment and passion for um, a more connected world, a more interconnected world, um, and and the sort of power of of women, but also just the feminine, you know, and and really um, counterbalancing systems that are harming us. Um, I had been working in international development for quite some time um, with Oxfam um, and you know, gone through my own uh, ongoing burnout and <laughs> coming back to myself and burning out and coming back. You know, That's sort of, we, we talk about balance all the time. And I think that was part of my balance actually, was like this act of sort of going back and forth um, in in these swings, you know, in my my work um, working for a humanitarian organization and development organization, um, and became over time super interested in how people were um, doing it differently, like doing development work differently. And I had that frame at the time, um, and human rights, you know, and and sort of movement building. Um, and as I started to extract myself from that that world and that paradigm started finding people, you know, meeting people who were doing work around transformative and feminist leadership, um, which I had been doing a paper on for Oxfam, but also inside of that, like, what does the transformation mean? How do you do that? You know, and how are people practicing into it? Um, At that time, I found Kristen, I was told you have to talk to um, Kristen Zimmerman, who's been at the Movement Strategy Center doing Transformative practice work, um, and found lots of folks that also, you know, we we've started to um, to connect with who've become part of our community of practice as Root Rise Pollinate. Um, but really, we started talking. It was around 2015. Um, just really connecting as two people who had were leaving our organizations actually, and and not really trying to start something or trying to build something initially. Just really like starting with caring, I think, for each other, like, where are you at? What are you dreaming? And, and then ideas bubbled, you know, around um, creating some kind of community of practice that that could be different and offer space for sharing and reflection and cross-cultural, um, you know, learning around embodied practice, contemplative practice um, and and movement building. Um, and Rufaro, um. Rafaro had been already in relationship with Kristen, and Kristen brought her. I met uh, Rafaro too um, at a um, transitions lab. Folks that are doing work around how do we transition from, um, you know, cultures and world of sort of dominance and um, and violence into a new world where there's peace and thriving. Um, and and we all bonded, you know, at that time and, and started. June last year was our first like offering, you know, Um, in the middle, we talked with lots of people, (laughs) um, you know, and consulted lots of people around what are the needs, you know, who's doing this work, who's ready to exchange and share together um, different ways of being in, in a kind of experiment with a question that surrounded it. So for me,
1: Um, There was also a little bit of a,
2: um, you know, a sense of like another current
1: coming together with Shauna. So um, my early formative work had been, um, you know, in South Asia with refugee communities. And I had decided at a certain point to really, um, you know, really focus on home and coming um, home to the Bay Area in the U.S. and doing work, intergenerational work and work with youth here. Um, but also always felt like a deep loss or longing, you know, just um, the way, you know, I don't know if it's particular, I think in some ways it's particular to the U (laughs) S like in terms of our self focus, but I think it's probably also true in other places too, where you can um, be really focused on where you are and forget, you know, the connections across borders and place and the potential in that. So I think for me, you know, The the journey towards figuring out, you know, kind of what movement building could look like if we were integrating our whole selves, if we were connecting inner transformation and outer transformation, um, if we were connecting across generations. Also, like for me, there was a real longing to build mutuality and and spaces where we could learn and grow and experiment with cultural transformation and and for me you know organizations or 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 groups are like little microcosms of culture so the potential to you know kind of collaborate and you know build a space that was really about you know that question that big pivot Um, that Chana just named um, across place, but really rooting in place was really exciting. And and to get to work, you know, start with relationship and build with my sisters here, um, really centering relationship and centering how we are together. And then trying to bring others into relationship in that way was, is something that's just been really nurturing um, and really fulfilling. Um, And, you know, and constantly something we have to keep listening for is like, how do we build in good relationship with each other? How do we build in good relationship to the other people we're working with, to the places that we're, you know, stewarding, responsible for, yeah, and and really listen, listen for what what is the moment in time. So, like Shauna said, we started, <laughs> we actually launched right at the beginning of the pandemic and had other plans. Um, and so, it's also been a real practice in listening to what's the moment and what's needed and what's the best offering from us and how can we be in relationship to to people, places, but also the moment in time that
0: we're in. Oh, this is so. Inspiring to hear how you came together almost at a, a, like you're saying, people place moment. Um, Shauna, you were talking about your work previously for an organization who is delivering support to people in crisis. And we found in our research, many people who are in similar organizations are burning out. In fact, uh, one researcher, Liza Jokins, found that people working in humanitarian aid are two to three times more likely than the general population to have a mental illness. So anxiety, depression, trauma, um, hazardous coping mechanism like alcoholism, uh, burnout, etc. And I myself had a burnout and then a uh, eventually clinical depression, I wasn't able to work. And I was just curious why, why so many people that are doing work, um, that's basic premises, do no harm. Do no harm. That's the basic agreed golden rule for us in the humanitarian work, are experiencing harm in one way or another. I was just curious why, why that was. And in talking about it in public settings, seeing how many people Really, um, we're also thinking about that and curious about it and and coming together in one way or another to support each other. So it's beautiful to see that you found each other and you're um, finding a willingness to accept your offer to try things in a different way. Um, And the fact that you started right after the pandemic (laughs) and, and the emphasis you place on relationship, I imagine it must have put... Uh, some particular challenges on the table for you operating in a virtual setting um, this is one of the things we are hearing a lot of questions from uh, aid workers now is how do we support each other and do the work we want uh, when more and more of us are really relying on virtual interactions although some of us have come back it's still limited it's not like before so I'm, I'm wondering if any of you would like to speak to this issue of the importance of relationship building and the skill set or um, what you've seen as success, maybe some successful approaches in navigating that space with all of the technological elements involved. Yes,
3: there was a lot of pivoting um, that we needed to do um, um, when, as the pandemic started shutting things down. and. Um, you know, for us, part of, part of what we bring into our work is um, keen awareness of energy. Mm-hmm. Like energy does not have to, energy is there whether or not we're in a physical space with each other. Um, and so we drew on that as we um, organized and uh, created the virtual space that we would be in with our communities. Um, as far as relationship, um, you know, a lot of folks had been really excited to be with each other in person. And um, we also knew that um, the, the pandemic was impacting people differently in different mm. parts of the world, um, the folks who would then join our lab. And so we just started with, you know, how are you doing right now? Like, mm. where are you? What is going on for you? Mm. So that we could design um, holding in our awareness, what folks shared they were experiencing and what they shared that they needed. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of these folks, you know, like. Like you were sharing, are folks who hold space for others, Mm -hmm. are folks who lead with their hearts, Mm. but they actually needed a lot of care. And so, um, as we designed the virtual space that we would be in, we paid attention to what kind of energy we wanted to generate um, and to allow for folks to be able to take back with them after we left space. Um, We, you know, so um, opening with ritual. Um, so that the community could actually be together. And, and for those who didn't know each other, start to, to know each other um, through practicing something special. Um, and in fact, a lot of the ritual um, ended up being offerings from different community members as well. Um, breath, you know, Kristen shared, we always have access to our breath, even if it might feel like it's in our throat or in our chest, we always have access to it. So we breathed. And um, with breath, we also moved. Um, and so whether it's yoga um, or Tai Chi, um, just to allow folks to arrive and generate energy together, even as we were just looking at each other through the screen. Um, and once we actually completed um, the first that first lab in, in, in June, we wrote um, a blog series that we uh, um, That we cross-posted with in partnership with Resonance Network. Um, We will drop a link for you Mm -hmm. to have a look and you know um, with the blog series um, Mm -hmm. certainly we talked about what it is to set space, what it is to set and be in virtual space Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also talked about the importance of intergenerational exchange um, you know, it's, it's easy for folks of a certain generation, whatever the generation is, to be with each other and have our in-speak and all that good stuff. And sometimes the energy that's generated and sustained there is not always um, actually going to be um, as helpful for folks beyond. Um, I'll leave off there, Kristen or Shauna, if you want to add anything.
2: I want to, um, yeah, just zoom zoom out for a second too. I think that um Rufar is naming like the the technology of how we're trying to break with some really bad habits, you know. And you know, like Christian just said, this this is what we're doing is like kind of a, a microcosm of the world that we all kind of want. <laughs> um, and practicing that with all of the messiness, and you know, we have chaos, you know, and and Uh, difficult (laughs) situations surrounding us too, right? Like, um, so navigating that on our own level Mm -hmm. as a team, and then trying to help people to navigate all of that um, in the worlds that they're in. Um, And when you started this question, Melissa, you sort of named some big picture problems, I think, with humanitarianism and, and development, which, you know, are related to um, patriarchy, you know, and habits of, um, habits of patriarchy, but mm-hmm. also habits of, you know, the um, habits of white supremacy mm-hmm. too around, you know, working, 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 working so, so hard um, mm-hmm. you know, in the humanitarian wor- world, mm-hmm. the idea of like the habit of heroism, you know, <laughs> just came up um, and really trying to be, you know, always like the savior, you mm-hmm. know, and how that there's so much ego involved with that. And I have a lot of, um, you know, understanding for how people want to feel like we, like we're doing something really good in the world and like, we're trying to help people. Um, you know, and we all know that there's a lot of problems in the so-called industry too, of abuse of power, mm-hmm. um, you know, aid, aid to the aid industry had its own two moment, which is still in, you know, um, but I think what what we're trying to do is really break some of those habits or interrupt them, you know, and find ways to practice new ways of of being, new ways of doing the the work, whatever the work is, where you are in your place. You know, that might be your home. You know, that might be mm-hmm. your community. That might be the country that you've traveled to um, to do humanitarian work in. Um, but I think you know, just recently seeing what with Afghanistan, what's been happening and the quickness with which people, um, you know, who want to do good work have responded in a very reactive kind of way in some cases. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's really, really hard, you know, to, to figure out how to respond when there's urgency. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's something we're sort of playing with a bit is, is like, okay, there's urgency all around us. There's very big problems all around us that are impacting some of us more than others, mm-hmm. you know, but it's going to impact us all, you know, all of this is going to impact us all in some way, because we're interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we, you know, how do we like, take a pause, take a mm-hmm. breath, take a moment, look around, you know, connect to ourselves, and then connect to whoever's right, right next to us, um, as well, and not sort of see everything as um, you know kind of disconnected and trying to trying to claw back control by you know trying to do the right thing you know and, and be a savior when that's not yeah. what's probably ultimately going to really um, change
0: the world in the way that we want. Exactly. We have um, in the design of a culture lab now, we have some tensions. People who would like to take it slow, not do a knee-jerk reaction, take it slow, um, develop listening skills, um, develop rituals. Rufaro, you mentioned rituals, kind of habits, kind of practice. Um, uh, Some say uh, in my last interview, uh, moving at the speed of belonging. And then you have uh, this competing urge to take action, do something. Um, we don't want to talk. We want to do, we want to do, we want to change. This is, it's almost a, 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 this tension just, I don't want to sit still. I want to act because I can't stand the way things are now. And, and, uh, and this is reinforced by um, donors who want to see deliverables. Give me your indicators and show me your input output outcome and when you think about culture change if it's genuine it will take time is there that willingness to sit with the uncomfort the disc what do they call it discomfort um to put trust in something is the active engagement of the uncertain or the unknown take a leap of faith with us so i as you're talking about patriarchy, white supremacy culture, and we're talking to organizations who've kind of been reactive. Okay, we had the the sexual harassment and abuse scandals. So we develop our safeguarding culture. Oh, now um, Black Lives Matter is reminding us that we have structural racism. So we're gonna do, and oh wait, the people we're consulting now weren't the ones that we consulted then. And how do we change our culture when it's, more reactive and what culture do we want? What culture do we want at the end that's less driven by um, reactivity and more driven by um, the values that we want to see? Am I making sense? (laughs) Does any of this land for you?
2: Completely, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think some of the juiciest places are the the tension points and the paradoxes, and so even the ones you named, um, you know, we experience them as opposite, you know, or as binary, but um, they actually don't have to be, you know. So there's a piece around um, if you can get into the regular practice of taking a breath and noticing the spaciousness that you generate just in a single breath, there's actually like way more room you have to act fast, but in a grounded way. So so the interesting thing is like the more, um, the more culturally open um, folks can be to to playing with some of those um, paradoxes and, and, creating spaciousness but spaciousness doesn't have to take two hours spaciousness can take like three breaths literally um and and so there's something um that we're playing with here which is helping us to break some of those binaries between um fast and slow between responsive and reflective um between even like you know what we were talking about before like be caring caring for ourselves actually gives us more resource and power and potential to care for others and be in a mutual relationship um, and generate cultures of mutuality. And so part of the binary, um, you know, of doing any kind of helping work, you know, including aid is how to include yourself in that, like how to not separate yourself, but actually be in, in mutual relationship. And um yeah so so all of those practices I think and you know being in community then so like often like you know it's similar to being in community with the different parts of yourself (laughs) because there are probably different parts of yourself that want to move fast or slow or you know retreat or advance and all of that um and it's it's similar like with others right we can we can hold different poles within a group Um, around these things. And so there's, there's some level of just being willing to be in practice with each other. Um, And I guess the other thing around habits um, that feels important to say is like we all carry habits, unconscious patterns. And so on the one hand, it's like important to recognize big group patterns. Um, But it's also important just to be like, this is this is part of who we are as humans and, and being, becoming aware of our own habits, um, both individually and collectively gives us more choice to, um, to shift and to, and to make new choices and to choose um, what we're cultivating. So, you know, the habit of um, perfectionism might be something that's a cultural habit, but it also is a personal habit. And if I can interrupt that in myself, then collectively, we have a better shot at interrupting it. Collectively, so just you know that breaking that binary as well um, feels important. Um, I love, I love
3: yeah. that. Yes, please, Ruparel, please. Yeah. No, I mean, with what Kristen was just talking about, um, this this shift, this continuing to shift from individual awareness to um, community awareness, or organizational awareness, to societal awareness. And then tying that back to cultural change or cultural shift, like the changes that we want to see actually need to begin with us as individuals. And so, um, you know, I might come into a space talking about, oh, we need to slow down. But if I'm bustling into that space, um, I've certainly not slowed down. And the energy that I'm bringing with me is not slowing down energy. Um, And so, you know, in our work as root rice pollinate, we're definitely really focusing in on you know the change, the transformation that we seek actually needs to begin with within ourselves so that we can continue to be resources for ourselves as we're then resources for and within a community.
0: I love that it's um, been described as an inside out job. I, and I'm trying to do that myself, uh, my problem is, well, I have several problems, but I I have a tendency to work too much or to put too much. I work, I don't rest. So I try to signal, I try to commit to myself. I block time in my calendar, don't work in these times. I put on my email signature that I'm only working X percent and I'm trying not to respond out of office hours. So help me stay accountable. And then I still have a, is the individual level, these pressures to deliver uh, by deadline and and I find myself almost uh, uh, in this moment of, do I stay true to what I committed to myself or do I meet the deadline? (laughs) So I'm curious from your perspectives as you're doing this kind of inside out jobs uh, from yourselves personally, um, if you've, experience something similar or if you have some tips or tricks for those who are also trying to transform individually. You just
2: sort of reminded me of one of my favorite things to do because I I have had some issues with uncertainty and dealing with uncertainty and, and doubt (laughs) <laughs> um, so I can have a simple, what seems like a simple decision sometimes, but spin around on it, coming up with all this great analysis and points and arguments on all sides. And so I've been, you know, working on how do I interrupt that habit, um, you know, for some time. And so one of my favorite things now is to just go to the park or look up at the sky, you know, during COVID, it was a lot of just like looking out my window. <laughs> um, and I think it's about awe you know, we, we do a lot of spirit work. And I think what I'm honing in on for myself is that I just, I can't depend on my own, you know, my own intellect and sharpness and whatever to just like work it out. And as Rafaro says often, like puzzling it out, you know, it's like a specialty that I would have, but I'm kind of learning that if I just get out of, you know, get a one way to get out of my head, you know, is to get that Experience of awe, and it's like in the sky for me, or in the pattern of the trees. Um, You know, there's a lot of other ways, but I just feel like I can go sit in the park if I'm uncertain about something, and like it's just the answer will kind of come. And that's about trust. You know, we talk about trusting our guts all the time, and then people say, Well, how do I do that? You know, it's like that feeling of butterflies is familiar, and maybe we get awareness around that, but then it's like sometimes it's still like, Then what? What do I do with that? How do I drop it? How do I let it go? And sometimes, you know, we try too hard. I find I can try too hard to let go of that feeling, and then, you know, like then there's another like the second arrow sort of suffering, right? Like you have the problem, and then you're flagellating yourself for not solving the problem. But yeah, so I'm just finding like just get out, you know, somehow even if it's inside, just look out the window. Don't do anything for a little bit, five minutes, even. And something comes usually. Um, just
1: to add, I think a uh, collective um, practice that we've had is really like we we have way more that we want to do than like, it, you know, are um, than we can do. And so, pretty regularly you know at least once a quarter but even more than that you know we look and we say okay like what's actually most essential where's the center of what we're doing and we just really i think that we lead with that you know lead with like what's what's most important or you know and and it's in relationship to the the moment in time that we're in um, so not you know kind of not in a disconnected way like abstract like what should we do but really like okay what's most important right now what's gonna help us make the the deepest connection feel most meaningful to us um, help us get to the you know next place um, that we need to to become Um, and that's that's been helpful individually, too, (laughs) where, where, you know, I know that, like, if there's a crisis that comes up, I know I can drop almost everything that I'm doing, you know, so why, why don't I do that in other times? Um, And so I think it's, it's also one thing I like to remember is that um, this is never something that you have, and then you move on. It's like, it's an ongoing practice of having to, Really, be like, okay, what's important now? What what's going to give me the most energy? What's going to allow me to show up in the best way? What's going to help me grow and us grow and grow in relationship? Um, and then focus on that.
3: Yeah, and um, you know, as as we come to this work, we each also have our creative practices um, that bring us joy, um, that we enjoy doing. And so, um, you you know, there's, there's the, there's the piece that you mentioned, Melissa, around protecting time for yourself, um, within protecting time though, there's also then honoring that time for yourself, um, and, 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 and holding boundaries and actually communicating to folks. Um, so, you know, on our team, um, um, I, I, my Fridays are protected time. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we have this thing that's coming up and it's really, really pressing. And should we meet? And, um, you know, because I'm also doing the back and forth of, well, it would be important to meet, but then I've protected this time. I will actually speak that tension that's coming up for me. And then it allows for um, Kristen and Shauna to, to help help continue to protect that time. Um, And so, you know, there is something to it's, yes, you know, we have our automated messages going up and it's also important to continue to lean into your community um, and and have them be your support in in protecting your time for yourself. Because then, you know, when you're able to continue to engage in that, which brings you joy, um, as you face the deadlines, you, you will come to them or at them from a very different place. Um, rather than with angst and sometimes even um,
0: anger. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. I love these tips that are coming out. Um, I'm thinking of boundaries, which is something really important, uh, very important to work on. Um, Awe, getting to nature, um, creativity, which is fantastic prioritization, um, which a lot of people are really craving from their upper management, from their leaders and aid organizations, like we can only do so much. And this idea of constantly coming back and saying, what is the essential? What can we do? This is actually something that um, seems to be a good practice in our sector, but very few, I could find very few concrete examples. So this is one that we'll keep for the record. (laughs) Thank you. Um, one of the key things that's coming out in our um, design of culture lab and chs alliance is how power manifests in the space and looking at um, the work of root rise pollinate you're looking at so many issues where a, a real solid understanding of power dynamics is crucial i'm curious how the topic of power comes up in in your work or how you think about power or how how you um, might try to address power dynamics a- as you work is this something that even comes up or um, yeah
2: it comes up and i think well one the the, the field just like the field power is like very front and center, you know, in so many different, whether it's movement building, humanitarian work, international development, community, you know, um, accountability, it's like power is everywhere right now. Um, And so I, I think we don't, I don't feel like we talk a lot about power for the sake of talking about power, but it's more like, more around what we've been talking about, like the kinds of energy and relationship that we're trying to cultivate and that you know um, that we want to invite people to create and and then invite others into, which is part of about partly about the pollination. You know, it's like really rooting and 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 rooting in in yourself, your community, practice, having that rising um, energy, and then really pollinating that around in a way that is kind of infectious. You know, and that really draws people. Um, Together, so I think part of it is part of it is that it's like a reframe of power that I feel like we're um, we're kind of working with as we experiment and and build this build this experiment in this community. And a lot of the members, um, you know, that we've been working and building with are folks that are really working a lot around power and power, you know, power within, power with, power to. Is it invisible? Is it hidden? You know, the different kind of frames around power. Um, and so we're kind of trying a way into it that's really from from the body, from experience, from um, from that experience of relationship and what feels good, like noticing what feels good, what, what makes you feel like you have more energy and what makes you feel like you're losing it. Like that's another um, kind of exercise that we'll do sometimes around pre- that issue of prioritization, um, which I feel like does, Kind of start to dismantle some of the usual ways of decision-making and power use around which priority are we going to set who's going to win you know sometimes there's that energy coming into agenda setting right um, no matter how beautiful the initiative i think that can happen um, and i think you know just checking in with we've got abc there's different scenarios here which one makes you which one makes your heart sing which? How do you feel? What are you feeling? Lighter? Are you feeling heavy? And we make we've made a bunch of decisions like that, you know. Or one of us will be like, I don't know. I just feel heavy and bogged down. You know, it's like drop. <laughs> you know, um, it's re- you know, it's a real thing. And I think that it um, it's just one of the ways that we're trying to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, and I think the col- the collective, um, the sense of doing that in a collective way that's something that we're really interested in cultivating that in groups of people. So it's one by one by one, and you can make a decision together, but also how do you really generate that that good feeling as a collective, whether you're a team of five or an organization of, you know, hundreds of people, how do you generate um, positive generative power that feels like you're building life, you know, that you're growing life, not that you're squashing something out, you know, where your, your good feeling kills someone else's idea or someone else's project. That's, that's kind of what we're, I think, reframing.
1: Just to add to that a little bit, um, it reminds me of the whole saying, like what you appreciate appreciates, right? And so there's this piece around, like if you're really focused on, um, you know, direct confrontation like around power, you're probably gonna stay focused on that form of power. Um, And there's a a body-based practice where like if you make a fist, um, so I'm just gonna describe what I'm doing and you try and pry it open, the fist only gets like more and more clenched and stuck. But if you actually put your hand under the fist, there's a natural inclination to it wanting to open. Um, so people can try that out (laughs) on your own. Um, but yeah, so I think for, for us, just, you know, with what Shauna saying, there's this whole, I think that's where habits come in and really usefully, um, in terms of individual and collective, there's a sense of like, okay, like if we can get really clear on the things that are unconscious right now that we're trying to make conscious, um, and interrupt the unconscious, patterns that we have and then choosing like what form and feeling of power that we want that really supports life, like Shauna said, and, and you know, kind of the, the mutuality that we want. It's not that people are going to be perfect and nobody's ever going to step on anybody's toes, but you can choose into what you're creating and what you're growing. Um, and we've found that that's, you know, something that people really want you know, people really want to be a part of that. That's what people want for themselves and for each other. So, um, yeah, I think um, it's not, it doesn't mean ignoring, you know, unhealthy or, or unhelpful or problematic patterns um, but also really, you um, doing it in a way that's more about like, okay, this is what we want to interrupt. And then this is what we really want to nurture and build together.
0: All right, that's fantastic. You know, um, for uh, Shana, you mentioned this idea of having, sometimes you have a lot on your mind and going outside helps Um, the idea of, Having um, to make a decision and we've got all of these pressures on us, what are we going to do to do a gut check and use your energy level to decide sounds like a fantastic way for those of us who might be um, struggling to arrive. (laughs) At a conclusion and to do it collectively sounds great I would love to try that in our teams and then Kristen what you said about what you appreciate appreciates. And how you frame the power um, in a way that's opening. Uh, my last question before I want to open and just see if there's anything else you want to say about the work of Root Rice Pollinate is can you help us frame the notion of accountability? So, when you're working together or in, in, in groups and you, you're coming up with new habits and you have decided using your Um, energy as a source of really wise information. Um, How do you think of the word accountability or maybe you have a different way of looking at it? I ask because when I've proposed in certain settings, can we try different ways of decision-making? Like in sociocracy, there's a consent-based approach where not everyone's gonna be loving and so thrilled about the decision, but no one objects strongly. So we have a, each person gets to weigh in and tell us, no, I really object because this, so we find another way. So when I've proposed kind of new ways of working, uh, there's sometimes been a a reticence because, hey, where's the accountability? How do we hold people accountable for the the deliverables? Um, So I'm curious when I use the word accountability, what comes up for you and how does it land in the work that you're Doing.
3: Um, so the phrase that immediately popped to mind for me is um, sacred responsibility, um, and, and that's how we approach our work and, and, and that's what we're inviting folks into. So um, you know, as we're working to transform the world, um, for whom and to what end? And so there is that question of what is our sacred responsibility? And of course, you know, accountability would be a little bit different because, you know, like you said, deliverables. And and for us, we don't speak in terms of deliverables, but, you know, we have different pieces of the work that we're each holding. And so, um, you know, really leaning into relationship with each other, we're in 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 a state of constantly checking in. Um, so you know we have our standing meetings and and we check in you know where are where are we with this task that we're holding um, and and you know where might we, might we need help um, or might we need to drop it like 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 Shauna um, brought up earlier and 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 so it 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 then means that if something is inadvertently dropped because life <laughs> sometimes schedules do what they do Um accountability becomes not so much about um holding someone's feet to the fire you know but it's it's actually okay as we are in relationship with each other um what does this thing being dropped mean Um, um, and next time how might we go about it differently and you know i i know that we're a small team and so sometimes these things are, are easier um, because of, of of the configuration of our team, um, and um, I do believe that you know even in larger entities, if we're leading with relationship, um, and you know Melissa, you mentioned earlier moving at the at the speed of belonging or moving at the at the speed of trust. There's a way in which conversations around accountability, become less charged, because I, I, I think that a lot of the time when folks are talking about accountability, there is a little bit of a, of a charge behind it. Um, and so, you know, what might it look like to reframe and, and speak in terms of being responsible to and for? Um, yeah.
0: Lovely. That really helps think about things in the, in terms of responsibility in relationship. Um, if we think about <clears throat> systems, where I, I go back to my point that humanitarian systems about do no harm, and when we see harm done and we want to hold those people to account who've done the harm, does our system create more harm? I don't know. So this idea of finding ways to be responsible in a relationship that doesn't replicate harm. I'm quite interested there. So that was a really helpful contribution. Um, before we close, our listeners are probably going to want to find you because they're probably going to be really interested in what you do and want to learn more. Um, and I would like to invite you, if you want to say anything else about what Root Rise Pollinate is doing. Um, If people want to learn more, how to get in touch with you, um, just open invitation. So we have um,
2: a collective care session coming up with Healing Solidarity, which I know you're familiar with, um, and uh, a series to be following that. And it's around the theme of waging peace with fierce love which I think follows nicely from your question about accountability and the, the kind of what do, you, what do you need actually to hold each other um, to, to remembering, you know what you're about, what your purpose is um, and, and the fierce love required to do that. Um, so we've got that series coming up in October and November and that will be on the Healing Solidarity website. Um, I think it's healingsolidarity.org. Um, we're gonna be launching our um, brand new website um pretty soon so you can stay tuned for that you can get in touch with us um in the meantime we're root root rise pollinate um at gmail yeah (laughs) dot com um so you can get us there and uh and we have a website we can we have a current website we can give you the the link for that um and then we'll be doing um some some more things next year we're we're gearing up for a, a kind of deeper dive and work with different groups um, and we'll be updating about that on our, on our site. Um,
0: I also took note, uh, I think Rufaro, you mentioned a blog series. Yes. Yes, yes, with Resonance Network. Um. Nice, we'll put that in our <coughs> show notes mm-hmm. as well. And our show notes will also put links to the event that Shauna mentioned. Fantastic, well, I wanna thank you, all three wonderful women, Shauna, Kristen, Rufaro, for sharing with us your wisdom We started with breathing, which helped us, at least it helped me um, get grounded. And I learned so much from our conversation. And I would really encourage anyone listening to check out the show notes, to find uh, their event coming up at Healing Solidarity. Also to check out Healing Solidarity, the annual event that's coming up as a whole, I'm sure will be full of really great, um, inspiring voices from around the world. Um, so many, many thanks to all of you, to Shauna, to Kristen Rufaro, and best wishes to you as you do this very exciting experiment. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to Melissa Pitati in conversation with Shauna Wakefield, Kristen Zimmerman, and Rufaro Guarada of Root Rise Pollinate. You can participate in their session at the upcoming Healing Solidarity Conference to be held soon from 11 to 15 October. You'll find more information about their work and the Healing Solidarity event in the show notes. A big thanks to our editor Ziada Abayid and the initiative supporters, the CHS Alliance members, the government of Luxembourg, the UK's Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office and the Netherlands. We will soon be back with another episode exploring care and compassion and aid in development. Till then, take care and be compassionate with yourself.